welcome back, X's and T podcast fans. Hey guys, it's Danny here, and we are recording. Hello, this is my face. I'm so excited. I really wanted to start doing some video podcasting, and just shout out to the Anna Lou podcast who has just kind of shown me the ropes a little bit and shown me that this is possible. Um, I'm really excited, you guys, because today we have our very first. Amway discussion panel. We have a couple of people with us today who are going to be answering some questions that are some questions that I've gotten from viewers and questions that we have for each other. Um, we have a couple of different, both lines of sponsorship and different lines of affiliation all together. Um, let's go ahead and get into our disclaimer real quick. So as always, you guys, of course, we're going to be talking about Amway. We're going to be talking about Worldwide Dream Builders, Brit Worldwide, probably URA, LTD. That being said, we are not here to defame these organizations, okay? We are just here to share stories. We're here to answer questions. And we are talking based on our personal opinions, based on our personal experiences. All of these things are us alleging these things. And uh, yeah, please don't sue me. Um, don't try to come after me. Don't try to shut me down because you can't shut me up. You can't, you can't stupid. Don't be stupid. Okay. So with that being said, you guys, I'm going to let my guests start introducing themselves. So first we have Ariel and Ksenia. Hey guys. Hi. My name is Ariel. This is Ksenia Hi. Salgado. Nice to meet you guys. We were part of BWW. We're part of BWW. Yay! Thank you guys so much for being here. And now we have... Hey, I'm Hope. Uh, I was in Worldwide uh, up in Canada. Yay! And lastly, we have... Hi, I'm Nandi, part of Amway Worldwide in the U.S., Crossline Cousins with Danny, actually. Yes, yes, we share the bald guy and <laughs> the bald guy and going up, um, which is really interesting because we've had our discussions about this guy, man. He is, ugh, he's wild. So, yeah, thank you guys all so much for being here. If you guys have not already listened to everybody's stories individually, please, please do. You guys have Ariel and Ksenia, who were the uh, forbidden cross-line couple, um, whose upline tried to quite literally tear them apart, and they made it out alive. Woohoo! We love that. Um, and then we have Nandi, who was talking about her life after her marriage and after worldwide and just the strength that she has developed as an independent woman. And then we have Hope who came to, she's come to us so many times <laughs> where she talked about, you know, really what it was like to be a part of worldwide and really experience the misogyny. And uh, we, we dived into that love and respect book. So if you guys haven't already go check it out. Um, so one thing that I, I think is really important first and foremost is cross-lining was always like the worst thing. We were never supposed to do it. And now we have this one big cross-lining event. So I want to ask you guys, why do you think it's so important that cross-line actually get together and have these conversations? Anybody? <laughs> I'll go ahead and start. Well, I think it's very important when it comes to healing to hear other people's trauma and understanding that you're not the only one who went through everything. Because sometimes as we were going through quote unquote process of being in Amway and BWW, worldwide, whatever, I felt so alone and thinking I'm the only one and I'm the bad guy, you know? <laughs> like I'm part of the 98 percenters who are losers, you know? But when you come together 
and understand like, oh crap, this is actually a cult and we can share each other's trauma and that's going to help us heal at the end. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think realizing upon reflection why they were so adamant about us not getting together and not having each other's numbers, like that was a huge pressure point, was so that this exactly this wouldn't happen when someone leaves and wakes up so they don't have access to go in and try to like pull other people out and um, realizing just how many cross line numbers I have on my phone. Like I could do some damage. I just haven't quite figured out how to navigate that or like what I want to do, but I see why they don't want us to exchange contact info now. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a cult, right? So it's like, if we start talking amongst ourselves, we're like, hey, we're kind of having doubts, like, with people who don't have a vested interest in us, like, that's where the real feelings start to come out. And then the brainwashing isn't doing what it's supposed to do anymore. Mm -hmm. And then what's funny yeah. is, is it's happening either way, behind the lines back. Like, People are cross-signing. People are message, messaging each other on Instagram, Facebook, whatever means. They might not have each other's number, but they still have their social media accounts. Yeah. And then eventually they get each other's number. You know, I, I've seen so many um, hypocrites uh, in my time uh, who preach don't cross-sign. And then I realize they've been cross-signing the whole time. Yeah. Um, including uh, your uplines who were married. Including my uplines and including Me. your uplines. As well, um, including my downline, uh, you know, and then there was a point where I got mad as an upline that my downline was cross cross signing, uh, and I hate that I did that, but I was brainwashed to do so, I was brainwashed to be mad. Uh, a lot of my downlines did cross sign, absolutely, and you know what, it should have been okay, but uh, I, I laid down the hammer, unfortunately, as an upline. And I shouldn't have done that. And if any of my downline, former downline, uh, is listening to now, I apologize for being such a asshole. Let's just say that. So I'm allowed to say that. Oh. Say yeah, oh, yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> the only word we can't use here is the see you next Tuesday word. Um, but yeah, I think you guys all bring up such great points. And I think that the more like I remember the first time I ever cross-lined. It was, I worked in a place, it, did anybody else here, just with a raise, quick raise of hand, did anybody else work in a job where, like, multiple worldwide dream builders or part of your cross-line, like, actually worked there? Yeah? Okay, so that's what I did. I worked in an office setting where there was, like, a call center and a lot of different worldwide dream builders were there. Actually, a double eagle was there. So if we were in the room together, like, all the worldwide people, he'd be like, I'm the biggest pin level here, you guys. I'm like, whatever. So I remember having a conversation with this guy before I had launched in the business, and he was telling me his PV amount that he was required. It was 150. I remember being pissed because I was like, what do you mean it's just 150 for you guys? I'm struggling with this idea of paying for 200 PV. That's an extra like $100 that I could have had every month. And so when I went to my upline about it, he was beyond pissed. This is Robert, who I'm speaking about. And Robert, if you're watching, fuck you. Like, genuinely, like, I fucking hate you. Um, but <laughs> the only reason you guys, I say that if you're listening, if you guys haven't already heard before, the reason why I speak so heavily about Robert and how shitty of a person he is, is because he was abusing his wife behind the scenes. And that's never okay. And all of our cross, there are, excuse me, all of our upline, we're co-signing that shit. So 
he got pissed at me because that's like one little bit of information I was getting from somebody else. Imagine if I had taken that to heart and been like, no, fuck you. Like I'm leaving. That's why they say, oh, you can't mess with people's money, which is why we were heavily preached not to cross line. And um, yeah, I think it's totally important because we get to open each other's eyes to what the fuck was going on? And we're like, you guys were saying, we're not alone here. Like somebody else was definitely experiencing a shitty upline the same way I was. And I'm, like I said, I'm super excited. I'm really grateful, again, for you guys to be here. So I kind of want to dive into the actual opportunity itself. So I'm curious, did anybody else, like, what was your initial thought when this was brought to you? Like, did you know what you were walking into? Did you think you were going to get a job? Like, what was your thoughts kind of when you first got pitched this opportunity? Yes. We thought we were meet with somebody like Mark Cuban. Like, we thought this was, like a legit like mentoring for our life kind of thing. Like we didn't think we were getting involved into something. We thought they were just going to give us advice on like how to handle our finances, how to build a resume, how to like, you know, get on a budget, like very basic stuff like that. And like, even during the first meeting, like the way that our upline wrote things out, it sounded like they were going to get us to a point where we would have a career to make us 60 grand a year, not build an asset to have 60 grand a year, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for me, um, I was naive, young, 19 years old, uh, borderline depressed, pretty much depressed. Um, I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, my, my dad, he had his own small business. My grandfathers, I heard in their respective countries, they had their own business as well. So it drove me and that new year's 2012, no, 2014, something like that. Um, I told myself that new year's, all right, I need to get things done. So my resolution, you know what, whatever I need to do, I'm going to figure it out. And then an opportunity comes to me two months later and I think it's a message, uh, you know, from the gods and <laughs> it probably was cause I got my wife through it, but still uh, I'm like, Whoa, this is amazing. And it was from a friend that I knew already. So I trusted him and I liked the excess pros uh, products already. So I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. Uh, oh, I can retire my mom. I can retire young. I want to do that because I work at a movie theater. So uh, that sounds awesome. Uh, so I was just really excited when I heard the opportunity. And um, I was all in from day one. Right. So uh, that's just kind of my perspective and how what I thought when I saw it. Uh, I thought it was like God sent. And I was going to church every single week. And I'm like, man, God really brought, you know, really got me. And he does. And he did. Right. But. What I'm saying is um, it, it, everybody who was at that board plan are, quit way before me, and there's got to be a reason why. The person who showed me the board plan was my upline eventually, but he left a long time ago. Uh, I should have I put two and two together. But anyways, you anything? Yeah, for me, I thought it was an entrepreneurial club. That's it because I was approached at school and I was, um, I was studying business, but wanted to become an attorney. And I was like, wow, this is going to be great. And yeah, the rest is history. She was actually searching up 
uh, multi-level marketing yeah. at her school, and she was about to join like some automotive multi-level marketing. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, because I googled something like how to make money as a, on a side or whatever, and multi-level marketing came up, and I was actually researching it. So, yeah. So and then then the offline came. Yeah. And then you Rest know, is history. yeah, exactly. What about you, Nandi? Um, sorry, my dog thinks right now is the best time of the entire day to play. So just oh, no worries. <laughs> um, but I uh, was introduced through my uh, ex, now ex-husband was boyfriend that I just started dating at the time, um, and it seemed like a really cool um, opportunity. Um, the people were so warm and friendly, and this was during a time where I was just trying to figure out what I was doing in LA. I'd recently moved here. I didn't really have a circle or social life and was working at Trader Joe's and not in my field, which was um, film, um, just trying to move forward. And it was like, oh, wow, here's a, a gateway to get everything you want in life, like build a business, make all the money to fund your own film production company and have a whole bunch of cool friends at the same time. And um, a husband that's, or a future partner that's going to um, provide for you and, and run in the same direction as you want to go. Um, so I didn't really see the harm in it, in it. And it also appeared to be more of like an actual business, like ownership and entrepreneurship and not um, this scam that we all found out what it was actually to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was kind of in this, I was kind of in between like what um, Ksenia and, and Hope, what you were saying. And and you too, Nadi, was like this whole like, like entrepreneur club. But when it was pitched to me, it was like, it was like, am I getting a job? And I was I'm like, I was like you, Ariel. I definitely was like, I need something. Like I'm praying that something comes along, gets me out of my situation. Cause I was definitely in a place of desperation. And then, um, the club owner, as we all know him to be, he was talking about Amazon. And so I was like, Oh, this is like Amazon. So my mom's like, well, what is it? I'm like, it's like Amazon. So I don't know my sponsor or who would become my sponsor, Robert. He was like, I just buy stuff. So I had no idea what the fuck I was getting into, which is crazy to me. And, um, actually, so I guess if you guys could kind of condense it down to maybe like weeks worth of time, or even like how many meetings, like how long did it take you to find out that it was Amway and then the uh, line of affiliation you were a part of? My story is a little bit different because in BWW, they were doing board plans and they were showing the plan. They weren't doing the meet and greet yet. So okay. I I saw the opportunity at a board plan, my first meeting at a basement. And there's a guy actually, you know, doing the dreams. What is your dream? What do you want to do? Instead of, a, just you know, 30 years, whatever. And then eventually in that same board plan, they showed Amway and BWW, and this is why it's different. Amway is the supplier, BWW is the education, and you have both in your disposal. So I, I saw it, and I believe she did as well, uh, at, at the first meeting. So that, oh, wow. BWW, that's how we did it. Wow. Okay. I know, Hope and Nandi, you guys are like shaking I have no, your head. I have no memory of ever yes. learning. Trying I'm pretty sure my dad time. like mentioned it oh. once. He was like, I think it's Amway. I was like, oh. Yeah. After the board plan, they sign you up. All right, who's ready to get started? Yeah. In All the right, board plan? Yeah. 
Yeah, after all right, we're ready to get started. Come come form a line. I have $180. How are you paying? Card, cash? Yeah. All right. All right, let's have another meeting. We're gonna go into your starter pack. And that's oh your my second God. meeting. Starter pack is the second meeting. And then another thing, they tell you all of the requirements that you're like to do to honor the partnership, like months in. Like I remember starting and I started early in February and then um I cured like a hundred points or whatever. And then March hit and they're like, okay, now we have to do it again. I'm like, wait, what? We have to do it again? <laughs> so I couldn't understand that it has to be every single month you have to buy all these products and everything. I had I had no clue. Only after several months in, I'm like, oh wow, wait a minute. Like, okay, this is this is terrible. Oh, so dishonest. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and Ksenia, you saw, you were signed up in your car, right? Like this person walked you to your car and that's where you signed up. Oh my gosh. If that would have happened to me today, I have a pepper spray. Pop, pop, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mess around. Like don't even walk near me. But yeah, he literally, after the plan, he's like, can I just walk you to my car? Because I remember I was having a lot of doubts and I'm like, I don't know if I should do this. I'm very busy. Um, he's like, let me walk you to your car. I'm like, Okay. And I thought it was cute. And I'm like a professional flurry back in the day. It's, it's terrible. It is what it is. Um, but I was like, okay, yeah, you're cute. Let's go to my car. Bad idea, girls. If you, if that ever happens to you, pepper spray, you know? Um, anyway, <laughs> he walked to my car and he's like, come on, just go ahead and sign up. What do you have to lose? And I just got my tax return. I have like $1,500 in my bank thinking oh, I'm this God. hot shit. You know what I mean? So I'm just, I just swiped the card. You know, it was so weird. Right as I was sitting in, too, like, you know, like, as you're getting in the car, he's like, wait, you know, so weird. Mm. Yeah. Weird. Gross. Yeah. Dang. Oh, wow. Know. What about what about you guys? Hope, Nadi. How long did it take you guys to find out from your first, like, initial, like, talking to the person and, and finding out what it was? I don't think I ever learned in a board plan. Like, I wasn't really paying attention, to be fair. Like, I didn't care. Like, I was like, I just want to be rich. I don't care how it works. Like, I just want to make money. Um, But I'm pretty sure, yeah, like, my dad might have, like, mentioned, like, hey, this is a pyramid scheme called Amway, just so you know. Or maybe it was Dream Night. Actually, Dream Night was, like, my first, like, major look. So it might have been there, too, where they were, like, mentioning multi-level marketing. I was like, what is that? Dang. Wow. Um, I was introduced through dating. Like my basically I, I matched with my ex-husband on Hinge in May. And it was like high pressure from that point on to like see what he was doing and get like check out his business partners and go see a take a meeting and go into the plan and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, I'm just trying to like know get to know you, figure out if I like you. Like, how do we get along and stuff? Like, I really liked him, but also it's like, I'm not signing up in, to be in business with someone. Like, we're not even, like, official yet. Um, so I resisted as long as I could. But there was definitely a lot of pressure, and I, I felt threatened, kind of like, you know, I'm either going to do this business with him or we're not going to date. Um, which, looking back, I'm just like, why did I just not drop that? When I felt that vibe, why didn't I just drop it immediately? But I like felt like he was such a winner and like such a catch. It's like, no, I, I need to at least check out what he's doing and, and hang on to this guy. Um, so, yeah, I think we swiped right or we matched in May of 2019. 
And I think I went to my first board plan where he, the whole summer, he was dodging questions that wouldn't give me a straightforward answer about what it is that he did. And it was like, we'd argue about like what he would do. And I told you, and uh, I think in one of our meetings or one of my episodes, like how he would be like, oh yeah, um, I can't explain what I do in five minutes. Can you do it? Can you explain what you do in five minutes? And it would be like, just tell me what you do. It's not that complicated. But I think it was like June or July that I attended my first board plan that he was showing the plan for his downline. And he said it was Amway and I had no idea what Amway was. So I was just like, okay, like you really delayed telling me what it was this whole time just for it to be this really simplistic plan, which I'm not, I'm not getting it. But um, like I understood the business plan. I just didn't get why it had to be a secret. Um, so yeah, that's when I found out. It was like probably two months after I knew. The wow. Person. Yeah. Wow. Two months. And I think you have fantastic point. Like you could explain the plan in five minutes. It's pretty easy. I can tell you right now, you buy your products that they tell you to buy and you go talk to people and you tell them to do the same thing. Like there's of course, there's nuance to it, right? Like, oh, you have to manipulate them, get them to think they're your best friend, and, and then drop the bomb on them that it's Amway. And I think it's, I'm trying to like, I had never heard of Amway either when this first kind of came up. And my dad was actually as well, the first person who was like, hey, I think it's, is this Amway? And I was like, I don't know, maybe like, I think so. And he's like, that's not good. That's not good. And back then, of course, I was like, what do you know? Oh, no, he knew. Um, but that's kind of a similar thing. It, it was from like, and this guy too, kind of like finagled five months, like four or five months, he was like becoming my friend and wouldn't tell us what he was doing. And I think it's a good point. Like, why does it have to be so secretive? And I would have never known that there were people who were either finding out sooner or they were finding out like way later. Like, I wish I could go back to like a major function and talk to other cross line and be like, so did you know that this was Amway ahead of time? Um, but of course we can't do that. Right. Cause we don't know if they know that it's Amway. That's one reason we can't cross line. And that's why we had to create a sponsoring environment. No products. We had like, you guys remember ripping the labels off of the fucking perfect water <laughs> and waiting till they left to crack your excess. Oh my God. Like, yeah, we're at board plans until, you know, one o'clock in the morning for the after training and stuff. And they're like, um, you know, it's prime dinner time because it starts at eight, which means you have to get ready and leave your your house by like probably six because it's rush hour. So basically 6 p.m. till midnight, dinner time, snack time, you're supposed to bring snacks or have already eaten dinner by like what, 4 30, 5 o'clock, and then not show the labels to, you're supposed to buy your own products but then not bring your products. You can't, they can't see the excess can. So you're like trying to stay awake. You can't have coffee because you're supposed to support your own business, but then you can't have excess in the meeting and then you can't have a bar in the meeting. But if you bring something else and that's disruptive. I don't think our team cared. No, we didn't care. And I saw my outlines with Starbucks all the time. I'm like, okay. And they nice. preached the what? same thing. So it was really confusing. I actually have a, like a little bit of a funny story. So was, we had this uh, that meeting called Pace Product and System Education, and I was hosting it. When you hit 1,000, you get to host it. And I didn't know, but I bought all of the off-brands chips <laughs> and snacks, and they were good snacks. And my upline threw it out. He took all of my stuff, like during the meeting, he grabbed all of my stuff and like, I don't know what he did with it. I never got it back. Oh, he ate it. 
Pro yeah, yeah. Pro ate it. But yeah, I got in so much trouble for yeah. trying to be a good host and not giving all the Amway products to our IBOs. And it was for IBOs too. I got in so much trouble. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is insane. The wastefulness of the situation, which yeah. it, it, that's, I mean, one that's stupid. That should, one, they should have been like, uh, they should have been thanking you. They should have been like, hey, thank you so much for being like such a good host. Thank you for yeah. making the situation great, which is uh, uh, these product things too. You guys actually learned about the products. I don't know. Hope Nandi, I don't know about you guys. I know we did not learn about products at all. Like it was the only time we learned about them was during the holidays. We had yeah. this like holiday party where they're like, this is how you put together a gift basket. Like, this is how you can gift it to your your co or co-workers your friends like anybody is that same with you guys hope yeah we had christmas in november so we called it and that was with nolan yeah. Rand's ruby ship and it was just us and like basically anybody that was in their um line of sponsorship that was below platinum so like their direct downlines um they would all get together and they would just Choose like, okay, this person's going to demonstrate artistry. This person's going to demonstrate neutral light. This person's going to demonstrate this. And that was like the only time. And that became like three years into the business. Like that was my product knowledge. So. Yeah. 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 I came in like right before like September before the pandemic started. And then that's when everything started becoming really product and BCS focused. So I, we, I did get a lot of, um, product knowledge and training and stuff. Wow. That's right. The big shift. Cause I know we were like, it sounds like, cause hope, I believe we were in around the same time, which is the yeah. same experience, right? Where we didn't learn. We were never taught about sales. Like the club owner would always be like, this is not sales. This is not that yeah. I sucked at sales. I got fired from all my sales jobs. I couldn't sell cell phones and peak cell phone time, whatever. Right. Like they would emphasize, this is not sales. We were just to buy all of our PV. And then, of course, there was that shift where something happened that caused Amway to have to change their rules and regulations to basically say, oh, this isn't a wholesale buying club. And actually, recently, like as of a couple of days ago, um, this uh, anonymous account that I follow, it's WWDB underscore scam. She had posted um, some content on there um where she shows the rules on amway and basically everything on these rules indicates that they're not supposed to um, recruit based on lifestyle or money it's not a wholesale buying club but then further down it says you don't have to be a part of one of their lines of affiliation but you can if you want to like you can be a part of these tools businesses and i know on worldwide's website they say that they're like an accredited amway education system so Make it make sense, Amway. Are we not supposed to do this or are we supposed to do this? Is that not dream night? Is that not every other function? So funny. For us uh, oh. in WW, we have a different perspective because it was switched our experiences. Uh, because at first, when I started and when she started, it was all about sales. My upline had uh, shelves in his basement mm -hmm. full of products. So every day, every week when people came for the meetings, in his basement, afterwards, we would go to that product room and buy a crap load of products, whatever we needed. Uh, and then eventually, my downline started 
implementing the same thing at their houses. Like, it's like a grocery store for Amway. Uh, I used to go door to door with my downline, who is now my best friend. Uh, him and I went door to door at some r- random suburban neighborhood. And we were trying to sell whatever the heck we can sell. We had the catalogs. There were people who had bins, uh, products, and they were just going door to door with their bins, Hi. trying to sell these products. Wow. Um, so, and then, because that's when we were just showing the plan, but then it switched for us where it was like, all right, now we're going to be system based and now we're going to be, you know, mentorship. mentorship qualifying, blah, blah, blah. So it was a reverse experience for us at BWW uh, than it was for Worldwide, which is which is funny. It's a cool, cool perspective there. Wow. That's right, because you guys had the, pro- the, the process implemented later right. on. And exactly. if you guys aren't familiar, if you guys haven't already heard, um, so the process came around, um, I don't know exactly when, but I believe that it was happening in Canada first and then um don and mary had kind of brought it i guess to management team and then the process was kind of implemented all over worldwide and then from there i didn't know this until later on that don and mary were going to other lines of affiliation altogether bww ura ltd and going and teaching their organizations about the process um so everything kind of made a total shift because of don and mary which is so crazy that like one diamond couple made such a difference um but i hear they're not doing so hot anymore so i don't know this is what i heard through the grapevine anyways um yeah share can you share i know that they lost Uh, family reunion they didn't have family reunion anymore they don't get one (laughs) Oh, and neither does uh, single lady, blonde hair, single lady. She doesn't have a family reunion anymore either, which is kind of spicy. So, yeah, they lost that. Um, I don't know if they fell out of Diamond Qual, but I know that the qualification to have your own family reunion is to have a downline diamond. That's like one of the only requirements to have a family reunion. And since Don and Mary lost it, I'm pretty sure that Nolan and Rianne aren't diamonds anymore. So it, that whole organization is kind of falling apart. So now like all the Canadian functions, cause it was like a huge deal for us to have our functions like in our country. Like it was a big deal. There's none anymore. Wow. They have to cross the border. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't reveal the sources, but yeah, the, this is basically from and from a few people who have recently left or had at least they know people who are affiliated in that market. So yeah, it's wild how much we are seeing the biggest differences happen. And I think it's us who are having these conversations. And I think it's people who are finally like waking the fuck up yeah. and seeing like this is not like. Like we talked about, like I said, just like moments ago, it's not supposed to happen this way. Amway quite literally has it on their website that that everything that these organizations are doing are wrong, but they're also like endorsing them. It's just, it doesn't make sense to me, but I think the more that people start to see what the fuck was going on inside of these organizations, I hope that it helps them leave. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think is also great too is I, I think there's there's a lot of different contrasts between people when they're talking about um, anti-MLM content. So I'm mm-hmm. going to give a huge shout out right now 
the heroes to villains Instagram page. Mm -hmm. They do not specify what they were in. They don't specify who they were with nothing. So you're not going to know if you know, you know, situation, but they don't specify. They don't say names. They don't say nothing. So I want to say that ahead of time, but they do their content in a way that I feel like is so like catered to getting somebody out of the organization. They are very much like, I don't want to say watering it down. I say the way that they say things is if they're speaking to an IBO, which I love. Whereas for me and my content, it's important, I think, to give people who were in a voice. And I'm out here like raising fucking hell, dude. Like, fuck these people. <laughs> so I love the different contrasts. So if you guys are not following the Heroes to Villains page, please, please go and support them. They are fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's important to know that these organizations are slowly but surely crumbling. Um, and it kind of it's it's because of what we experienced inside. How long um, were you guys in the organization before your upline really started to kind of show their true colors? Like when they were trying to control your relationships, um, either romantically or with your family? You guys can go first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was like almost immediately. Like they weren't really secretive about it at all. They were just like, yeah, um, if you want to be successful, like you need to just surround yourself with successful people. And that's how it goes. So like, I remember even like, I don't even know if I was launched yet. And I had a list of people I was going to cut out. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, these are people that I don't talk to anymore. I'm not going to. Wow. Honestly, they weren't great people anyway. Like, I'm still, I'm kind of glad that I, that they were like drinking buddies and like, you know, people that I probably should have cut out. But I was 19, so I was like, I'm pretty interested in this right now. So, um, but yeah, it was like almost immediate. Not necessarily, like, I think in my first board plan, Nolan was like, don't listen to your parents. Like, so there, there I was like, oh, I can just like, not listen to my parents even though I'm living at home and I'm 19 like I don't know what I who I thought I was but yeah no, do you want to go uh sure I mean I think they showed their true colors from the beginning it was just like the brainwashing was in full effect so it's like you're looking at someone's true colors but you're brainwashed to think that their true colors are great like they're they're showing toxic traits and controlling behavior. And, you know, as a newbie, you're all gung-ho. You're like, this is awesome. This is the type of structure I need. These are the type of tough conversations and and, and strong leadership people that I want to follow and have in my life. Um, you don't realize just how manipulative, controlling, deceitful, um, harmful, and toxic it is. Like, honestly, Amway and Worldwide are two of the most toxic, dangerous entities that you could possibly find yourself to be involved with. For me, it was very gradual, to be honest. At first, they were very friendly. They even met my parents. They came over to my house, um, trying to talk to my parents to make sure they know that I'm in a safe environment. But my parents already saw through it because they were pearls in a business, which is like the first month of Emerald qualification back in the 90s. So they kind of saw through it. Um, but then the first time they started controlling, actually, my relationships is when we were on the phone team. I don't know if you guys had that. It's every Sunday we'd meet together and make phone calls. I think the last podcast that you released had a guy talking about it. So I was like, oh, yeah, we had that too. Uh, yeah. So I called a college buddy of mine 
And I told him like, hey, I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine, opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, is this Amway? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Ksenia, do not join. I have so many links to send you. It was very similar experience to the previous uh, podcast that you had. Um, and then I hung up and my appliance looking at me like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. What should I do? Do not look anything up. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Okay. So, and I was 19, I was like terrified. And then eventually and gradually it became like, who are you with? Like I would get calls every single night. What are you doing? Who are you with? And I'll be like, I'm at the bar. It's like, Oh, of course, Ksenia's at the bar. I was labeled as an alcoholic of the team, you know, because I mentioned that I was at the bar one time with friends and then they would ask me if I'm dating and who I'm dating. And it was, it was insane. Eventually I figured out not to tell them anything, but yeah, there were sneaky sneaks. (laughs) For me, it was gradual within the first year. Um, I was very gun ho. I I had blind faith. I said, whatever you say, I'm going to do because I want to be successful. And I want to achieve what you've achieved, quote unquote, which wasn't much at that time. Even now, it's not that much. But what I'm saying is, um, I mean, it even caused me to get kicked out of my house for a night. I was staying with my sister. My mom and I were staying with my sister for a few years. And uh, my sister kind of got fed up with me taking my mom's car to go to meetings and blah, blah, blah. And, I didn't contribute around the house, and I probably didn't. I probably left my socks around like a 19-year-old does. She still does that, by the way. I still do it. It's a habit. Excuse me. Uh, maybe I didn't do my dishes, and then she got really mad at me one day. And I'm like, you know what? And she, we got into a screaming match, my sister and I. And I said, you know what? Whatever. I'm going to do it because you're blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know what? Get out of my house. Fine. So I went to I went to a Starbucks. It was a 24-hour Starbucks, and I spent the night there uh, just sleeping on the little Starbucks couch. But then I, I was out, and I'm like, it's 4 a.m. I'm going home. I don't, I don't, I don't, give, I don't really care. Uh, she can't kick me out. <laughs> so I went back. <laughs> but it caused a lot of friction uh, because I was so I had that blind faith. Uh, because he told me, don't listen to the negative. Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to people who are trying to blah, blah, blah. That's the devil, blah, blah, blah. And I listened to it, right? Um, and then, you know, I did everything they said, uh, absolutely, for the six, seven years. I it everything. was such an ambot. It I was, was an disgusting. Ambot. I was it an was so gross. What can I say? <laughs> Feel that? <laughs> wow. Inside and behind closed doors, I'm like crying. I'm depressed. Yeah, I'm like, uh, and, then I, and then with my team, I have to be a strong motivator. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I was. I don't know, man. But uh, it, anyways, um, I found out after a few years because I was just so like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And nobody can stop me. Uh, right. So I realized it, but I never questioned it. Mm-hmm. That they were yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, like, you don't like, like, we all were in there. We all like loved our offline. Like, I, yeah. And, and at Nandi, I think you've said it perfectly because I was thinking like, no, you right. Like just thinking about the fact that like my sponsor was controlling right away. 
right away. I mean, my first major function. So I'm like besties with his now ex-wife. Jess is amazing. Um, But we had connected right away, but they weren't married yet. So she was not even in the business. She was basically just like a permanent guest, if you will. Like, so she wasn't cross-line, but she was like, it was a weird situation. And um, I wanted to communicate with her because she knew the ins and outs. She knew what was going on more than he did. And he quite literally got pissed at me for talking to her. He's like, I'm your upline, not her. And I didn't see that as a red flag I was just like oh okay like sorry my bad like like you had talked like like you had said Nandi like those are the deep conversations that we need to have like those are like we need to hear this stuff and they did they showed their true colors right a fucking way (laughs) but I didn't see it until like the next year when I just kept seeing the shitty behavior so consistently and it wasn't they didn't even try to hide it at that point they were just assholes, like just right then and there, because by that time they knew they didn't have to have a mask with me anymore. I was involved. I was already in. And I think when it comes to this organization as a whole, like worldwide and and BWW and all of these different lines of affiliation, they are very much like an abusive relationship. I mean, if you're out there and you have been a part of an abusive relationship, and unfortunately, I know quite a few people who were a part of Amway did have that toxic relationship, which I'm so sorry if that's you out there. But as far as like my DV partner, same things. I mean, just the love bombing, the mirroring, the we are like the same person, you guys. Like you got you're just like us. You belong here. And then the gradual abuse that just happens because it's like they can apologize, right? Like Robert apologized to me. He was like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be like that, whatever. And it's like, okay, it'll never happen again, right? No, it happens again and again. Mm -hmm. And that's why I had initially started talking about this. And that's why I feel like it's so important is because this is just as fucking toxic as a DV relationship. And unfortunately, it leads to DV relationships a lot of the time. Actually, Mm so kind of going into relationships. So I know everybody who's here um, was either married after the business, during the business, right? Okay. (laughs) So um, being as all of you guys have perspective on marriage, what was the hardest part about being married while you were in the business? Like what was the biggest challenge that you faced? Go ahead, Hope. Um, Probably just like... I don't know the misogyny <laughs> would probably mm-hmm. be like the biggest thing because um, it was like every time I'd go somewhere with like I'm not saying I'm perfect okay this is just prefacing this but uh, every time I would go to my upline with an issue between Fisher and I it was never he was wrong it was always I was wrong mm-hmm. and I was like okay but I feel like I'm not wrong like I was like this like you're making me feel like I'm crazy like you're gaslighting me into thinking that I'm crazy and eventually like that book love and respect was given to me and I read that book and I was like oh I know why you think this way and I was like this is like textbook um like religious abuse is basically Mm -hmm. what it was doing was just being like hey Ephesians 5 says this, uh, that men deserve respect. And that's what we're basing this off of. And it's like literally one verse. And it's like the next verse contradicts that verse. Like it's the books, like 
terribly written. <laughs> like it, they're picking and choosing what they want. And every time I would go for an issue, she'd be like, well, like, you know, he, he just, you're probably not respecting him in the right way, or you're probably not doing this. And I'm like, no, like, this is bothering me. Like, I don't even know, like a good example, a good example would be like, we didn't make a lot of money, like for like a long time. So like, if we ever came into like an extra bit of cash, I would be like, Hey, this is what I think we should do with this. And it didn't matter. My opinion on it didn't matter because Fisher was the lead of the household. Mm. So I was like, Hey, I feel like we got a hundred dollar gift card for Walmart for Christmas. We should probably like buy extra groceries or like even like decorations for our apartment. And they would be like, no, like if you got a hundred dollar gift card, he can spend it on whatever he wants. Like if he wants to buy a Nerf gun or if he wants to like do this. And I was like, I don't think that that's right. But like, <laughs> um, but yeah, eventually, yeah, it, it was like really like just dumb stuff like that. And I was like, no, I feel like I should have an opinion. Like my opinion <laughs> should matter. Uh, but yeah, that was the hardest part about being married in Worldwide for sure. It's just my opinion was irrelevant all the time. That just got me so heated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If I get a hundred dollar gift card, we're going to Panera Bread. We're going to a nice dinner. I don't know. And yeah. We're like, hey, what do we what do we want do together? Need, yeah. What do we need? That's yeah, like if you can't come to a decision, is like a couple like I don't like think that that's whatever like and I even went to them and I was like okay why is Fisher the like decision maker why can't I be the decision maker like I understand if there has to be a head of the household why him yeah <laughs> like and it was just he's a dude like that and was the now, only excuse in our household I'm the head but she's the neck and she yeah. controls that so that's yeah. how we do it we work in tandem do yeah, it's compromised. It's like, though, are we right? in this? Like, yeah. if it's not absolutely yes, it's a fuck no. So, yeah. <laughs> if somebody's maybe kind of, it's not happening. So, that sucks. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, rough, but Fisher's oh yeah, changed. So <laughs> he's he's like, <laughs> he thought he was doing what oh. he had to do to for yeah. us to have a successful marriage. So, like, I we give him the benefit of the doubt. We went through like a lot of conversations about it and we're on the same page now that when it yeah. comes to decisions it's us probably wasn't his fault probably no not at all brainwashing yeah. All. yeah absolutely awesome. so you guys were married before you found the business right kind like we were dating we were 19 we got together when we were 17 and like our first meet and greet I was like, they want me to bring my boyfriend. I was like, I don't know why. Like, <laughs> this guy doesn't want to do anything with his life. <laughs> he was like a bouncer or something. No, I don't even think, I think he was unemployed at the time. No, he was a bouncer. No, he was a bouncer at the time. And I was like, he doesn't seem really ambitious like, at all. Like, I don't want to bring him to this meeting. Aww. And then we went and then I was like, oh, maybe he is. And then we continually like built our relationship through and then got engaged and married while we were in it so wow wow yeah, yeah it's crazy Na nandi i know you have a crazy story want to go ahead <laughs> i'll try to really shorten it um i think the hardest part for me being 
a worldwide spouse was the fact that I was never married to just my husband. There was always like three, four or five people in the mix. I couldn't like we could be alone mm-hmm. in our apartment because every all of our upline lived at a distance. But I was never able to talk directly to him or make decisions together as him or, mm-hmm. or together as a couple or like if it felt like trying to communicate to my partner, my physical living, breathing partner um, through a veil, where it was like, oh, well, I have to go through so-and-so and and bring in their opinion or, yeah, well, we can talk, but maybe let's set this up and have a conversation with so-and-so or, well, I'm going to send a Kate and and see what so-and-so says about it. And it's like, I am literally talking to you. You're an adult. I'm an adult. We chose to get married. This is our household. We're working. We're paying the bills, the rent here. I don't, I shouldn't have to go outside of my house to come back around to talk to you. Um, So it just, yeah, it never felt like, it's funny because I thought I was in a monogamous marriage, but it really felt like I was not. (laughs) I was married to like You sound like like Diana when she was like, the marriage was crowded. Remember that interview? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, that's a good metaphor. Um. So yeah, I'd say that was the hardest part. I mean, there are so many hard parts, but we could be here for hours going over that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Wow. With our um, we were married after we both quit. Uh, I guess I was still in for about a year after she quit. We got together when we were still in the business. She quit. I was still in. I'm like, you know what? I still have my team. I got to do it. You know what? Uh, you can't tell me how I'm going to, you know, provide for my family uh, for about a year. That was my message. Um, uh, one crazy thing that kind of broke the camel's back was I was still in contact with my upline. I consider him my best friend. Um, I asked him to be my best man in my wedding, even though she hated him. <laughs> And she wanted not, nothing to do with him or that couple. Um, I asked him, can you please be my best man? And uh, it was very sincere. And I really wanted him to because I had no other friends, no other best friends. So I'm like, I need a, I need groomsmen. I need a best man, right? I asked him, he said, oh, when is it? I said, April-ish, April 24th, April 23rd-ish. Um, he said... Oh, that might be uh, when a function is. So I don't know if I can do it. And I'm like, oh. oh and then he all, he was also, there was also a few other weddings in that year with other people in his team where he was the best man also or yeah. the groomsman. So he couldn't commit. And I'm like, yeah. you were supposed to be my best friend in the world. I consider you my best friend for like six, seven years. And you can't, you can't commit to being my best man. <laughs> okay, well, that broke the camel's back, but obviously that that really showed it showed me the light. And I'm like, all right, what Cassani was telling me in the last year probably wasn't bullshit. That they were using me. That they were, you know, uh, fake friends. As well as what happened was so, like when the whole relationship scandal happened. You know, where the bad guys or whatever. I I pretty much said I'm not coming back. Ciao, ciao. Uh, Ariel stuck around and then they kind of shunned him because Ariel would be a speaker he would be showing plans so they took him off schedule um, as well as they wouldn't talk to him at all and um, I told Ariel I was like how about you don't do your ditto on the first see what happens don't do your ditto 
he didn't do his ditto on the second. He got he gets a message. Hey man, how are you been? It's been a long time. Blah blah blah. I'm like, bingo. After months. Am I am I wrong? Like, and that's when he was like, oh my gosh, yeah. And then I invited, I invited them to his 27th birthday, like back in the day. Didn't show up. He invited them to the engagement. Didn't show up. Like, I was like, Harriet, can't you just see this? So that was the biggest tension for us. Like, I was trying to like put it in space. Like, can you just see how they're treating you? You know, you're nothing to them. It took a while, but that was the biggest tension for us. But most of our relationship wasn't secret anyway, while we were in Amway. But yeah. It had to be, right? So that was our biggest struggle, I guess. A few stories that kind of uh, were the pivotal moments. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That's a lot. It's just, that's the level of manipulation that's happening. And I think that's what we, like, that's what needs to people to see. Like, the people who are just now getting out or even people who might still be in listening to this, like, how, like, all the stories are very similar. Everybody's story at the end of the day is their upline was shitty. The products were expensive. We were fucking broke at one point or another because of the business. And they were controlling our fucking lives. This is why we're angry. Because it either started a marriage and broke it. It made a relationship harder. Or they just didn't want you together in the fucking first place. Which is crazy. And speaking of relationships and um, them either wanting or not wanting you together. uh, Ksenia, you had a story about your upline trying to basically give you an arranged marriage can you tell us a little bit about that (laughs) yeah so I sponsored a guy who's from Latvia and I'm from Latvia originally I moved here 12 years ago so Latvia is a tiny tiny little country in Eastern Europe and to see someone from that country is like oh my gosh in America in America in the same town in Atlanta like that's insane you know so I sponsored him he's 12 years older than me he didn't speak English so I would translate all the audios for him into Russian and all the functions I would be in his ear, like translating everything. You know what I mean? So we got really close. Um, and then my upline was like, so what do you think about him? Like, and then he told that guy that we should be together. So the guy eventually told me that I'm going to be his wife. <laughs> and I was like, ah, and I was already dating him. I was like, ah, yeah. I don't know, but legitimately they were pushing him towards me. We even went to the Russian function. It was in New Jersey. So we traveled 12 hours in the car together, like, and he would be always in my face kind of thing, like would never leave my side. There was one, one time we're already dating and, um, I'm not going to say the guy's name, but he was like bothering me a little bit, not in a bad way, but more like in my, like asking me a lot of questions. And I got so fed up. I was like, Ariel, can you go take him please? <laughs> so, so it's so confusing because he's like higher, higher pin. He's a 4,000 and I'm a 1500 and I'm telling him what to do as a cross line too. Like, can you take my downline somewhere? And he told uh, that guy, like, Hey, can you help me set up chairs? But I was so visibly uncomfortable, like get out of my face. And I couldn't, do anything you know what i mean but yeah i hope that explained it it was it was cringe and weird and he's older he's 12 years older than me you know like so great my did the same thing with me like they he said hey what do you think about this downline i'm like no dude it was like uh maybe a year or two before her but i'm like wait you never told me about that yes i have 
and I'll tell you later. I like Jerry. It's like, because I'm like 25, and obviously, I was single the whole time. And I was like, you know what? I, I got to build myself up before I start dating. I need to be successful before I find the one. And then obviously, you know, things happen, but I'm 25 at the time. And you started dating when you were 25, yeah. 25. So I was single up, up until then, 19 and 25, because I had to build myself. But then I'm 25. Obviously, it's ready. Yeah, I'm ready, right? I'm like, like, what's up? What's my next chapter? Like, and they told me. Hey, what do you think about this downline of yours? And I'm like, no. Wow. You know, that question just reminded me of something that my upline did. Um, it always something else always comes up. Um, but this was like maybe two and a half years into our marriage, and um, our upline Larry um, was talking to me about how some other like cross line women in his organization and his platinum ship had had crushes on my uh, husband before I came around and before I met and they were interested in him because he was like the hot, like dashing, um, you know, fastest eagle and on the team and stuff. And his case would be passed out all the time. So he was like considered really attractive and like the star child. Um, and so I don't even know why Larry felt it necessary to bring this up, but he was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. He had some, some people with their eye on him. And there are some ladies that expressed interest to me about him. And I was like, well, who was it? Like, obviously I won, I'm here and we're married, but like, I'm just out of curiosity. Who was it? he's like, no, I'm not telling you, I'm not going to start that drama. And I'm like, why would you even gross? Yeah. And it's like, in hindsight, I'm thinking just to like make me feel insecure possibly to like, try to do more, to be more submissive, to hold on to this prize um, because other people can easily like move into my place, I think is kind of the mindset there. Um, because why else would you say, hey, so-and-so was interested in your man, like, but I'm not gonna tell you who. And there's no reason uh, like to bring it up in the first place. It's just weird, shysty shit that- Bro, yeah. that's, that's gross. crazy talk. Yeah. Because why would you do that as an upline platinum? That's Larry, right? Yep. <laughs> I fucking hate Larry. <laughs> more that I hear about this dude, Larry. fuck. Like, Larry, this guy is an actual piece of shit. Like, actually, oh. the more that you tell me about him, the more I'm just like, dude, fuck this dude. Like, it, it, there was no reason to say that to you. Zero. And sorry, like none. And like you said, like to create this level of insecurity, which I, and I think when you said like you were never just married to your husband, fantastic point, but like fucking Larry, I, sorry, this guy, I'm, like, I'm like so mad for you, but I think everybody here was like, are you like, everyone's like mad because this guy really did that to you and, and you didn't deserve that. And for for your guys' upline to try to give you an arranged marriage is wild, but I really think it happens. I, like, so believe that Worldwide puts people, or, like, all these different LOAs put people together. And I feel like it's because they know if you get married in the business, you're less likely to leave, especially if you have a child while you're in the business. And that's how they hold you captive. Not only that, your PV amount's going to go up too because you now have a two-person household and you have now to do 300 PV as a couple versus, you know, your 250. Absolutely. Go ahead, Ksenia. Yeah, I have like one story about my upline. So 
there's this girl in his downline who clearly salivates over him. Like, I'm not even, they've known each other for years and years and years. And I have this conspiracy that she was told that she's going to be his wife or something. But she's like 300, 600 PV. Like, she has one downline she's been in for years since she was 17. But she's like all over him. And our upline, the lady upline, Sam, I think I called her, she would be like praising her that this girl is like waiting to date until like everything is in place or whatever. But I don't even know what's going to happen. But it's it's so sad. This girl is holding on to this dream that she's going to be with this guy who's a platinum, who is my uh, direct upline. But it was so sad to watch. Like, it was cringy. Like... Yeah, but I'm pretty yeah. sure it's because she was told that she was going to marry him or whatever. So she's still in blindly for probably 10 years now. You know, I'm pretty sure she hasn't wow. gotten over a thousand PV at all. Wow, that's so sad. But they, I mean, it sounds it checks out for the way that they are this manipulative way to do whatever they have to to keep everybody in. I mean, they have to do what they have to do. And it's again, this whole huge control aspect of things. And I feel like they really controlled our views on the world as well. We had this conversation just before we started recording, but I thought it was really great. It's like, what are your views on jobs now versus what you thought about jobs while you were in the business? Gandhi, I think you had a great response when we were talking about it. Oh, um, I feel like I was just saying like, you're just taught to not really give a shit about jobs and like your job is temporary and it's just a means to an end to support your business so you can re retire and walk away and you won't need it. And that's what I was trained to believe. I kind of like, I gave up on my um, pursuits in um, costume design and film and TV for a while because I needed a better business building job. I couldn't be on set because that's, you know, 12 and 14 hour days and I need to be free in the evenings to go to board plans and prospect and stuff. So it just wasn't going to work. And then they like dangle this carrot, like, Oh, well, when you're free and you have money, you can go and pick and choose which gigs you want to take or, you know, our, my exes and I, my shared dream of starting our own production company like we would you know call the shots and shoot when we wanted so it was like delayed gratification you know don't don't just work for the man and like um and and not build something for yourself um put your pursuits and your interests and your passions aside and then you can revisit them later in a much better like higher quality way um and and when you're only focused on the future and delaying your gratification, then you, you're not really present in the present. So you're taking shitty jobs. You're um, not really like um, trying to climb the ladder. You're not um, doing like, you're not polishing your resume. You're not making those great business connections or not uh, career connections because you're only focused on making connections to put someone in your downline. So um, now that I'm, back in the workforce I'm like I've had a chance to really decide like what I want to pursue in life and um, I've been able to get a promotion um, increase my salary by a lot and it's stuff that I hadn't done while I was in the business because I was just getting by and that was like the job was my bottom priority it was just like get enough to run my ditto and pay my bills and leave as soon as I can um, 
And I know you talked about like job hopping a lot and, and that happens too, because you don't really have a sense of like investing yourself or um, applying yourself or improving skills. It's just like your little plastic bag in the wind. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what they teach? Um, that eventually you replace your job and whatever, but you're still tied down as an Amway entrepreneur, Amway IBO. You still have to go to every meeting and you're still, there's so many things you need to do as an Amway IBO for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You need to go out to contact still. You never retire. You're, you never retire, really. Right? Always it's working. Not a, it's mm-hmm. not really peace of mind. Yeah, you no. have assets, quote unquote. That's not freaking assets. I mean, dude, we're going to get smarter and smarter eventually. And those well, assets are going to crumble. Uh, it's smarter to be have assets in different pockets. Investments. Yeah. And then our upline taught us never to do investments. Yes. Never to go into real estate. Even though my uplines were in real estate, and that's how their father uh, amassed their own wealth outside of Amway. Uh, so it made no sense. Nope. Um, uh, so, I mean, for me, I had the same way, uh, same frame of mind as Nandi and Danny. I was a job hopper. And I didn't care if I got fired, and I got fired a lot because I was tired uh, when I went to work. I didn't perform. I went into work in sales. That's the easiest thing you can do, I guess, as an Amway IBO, just to get yep. into some sort of software sales, tech sales. And I did that. I started as a BDR. I'm glad, hey, I'm glad that I learned or I, I was able to get the opportunity because I'm still in that field. I'm in a great uh, job now uh, that has great benefits. And I, I'm very good at uh, I feel. Um, but I'm just so glad that I don't have to, after work, go to the grocery stores and the malls to find, now work another five hours, six hours. For free. For free. And then also, I'm so glad I don't need to, we call the BSM. Uh, So we have to, or BMP, we have to send our BMPs every night, which is, I think for you guys, Kate's. Mm -hmm. Kate's every night. This is my Kate, and I'm so tired, and I have to read 30 minutes, and I have to listen to whatever audio, and I have to write notes, and I have to talk to my team, and man, there was no time for me to be, just to center myself. Mm -hmm. And if there was a day that I wanted to center myself, it was frowned upon. Mm -hmm. What do you want, you want to take a Saturday off? No, bad. (laughs) <laughs> you want to go, go to hang out with your family? They're going to, you know, an amusement park that weekend. Make sure you're Make sure you. <sighs> no, you can't. You shouldn't do that. You should be with your team. But if you do anyways, make sure you do X, Y, and Z. There's one time when we oh were, <clears throat> one time when we were still dating, and um, the upline called, and Aria put him on speakerphone, and it was a Sunday, and his upline mm-hmm. was like. You know that the malls are open on Sundays, right? They're so passive aggressive. Like the way that they would tell you like I feel like it would feel less degrading if they were just like, no, you can't go to the amusement park. But it's yeah. like they, they won't say yeah. that. They say, 
well, do you want to go platinum this year or not? So you decide. Yeah. And then it's like, you yeah. feel like even shittier for, you didn't get to go to the amusement park, but then you feel like uh, uh, just just small and like your your life is not your own. It's, I'm sorry. Rant. You're right. No, you're right. You're so right. And I, I think too, is the type of career, Hope, I know that you were in a job and I think you're still in the same, at least industry. Yeah. Um, you're in, you're in cannabis and yeah. the, the position you were in, like, how did your upline view you in cannabis? And I know through your career, you have actually like climbed the ladder now and you like, like everybody else uh, has expressed this. You're just doing a lot better now and your view on jobs is different too. Yeah, it's I love weed. It's super fun. No, um, that's not, <laughs> it's it's a super. It's a it's actually like a really not good industry to be in. <laughs> if I'm being straight up, um, but I started as like a production worker where I like worked on the floors and like took the weed from in the machines and put it in bottles. And all I was doing was just working on an assembly line and like putting lids on bottles when I was pregnant with my son. And they didn't like. At this point, like, this was 2019 when I started. I was, like, pretty checked out of the business um, while I was pregnant. So it was, like, it wasn't, like, I didn't really take their opinion into account when I wanted to go to this job because it was a good opportunity. We just became legal. So it was, like, this is the place to go. And then um, went on maternity leave, like, three months into this job. And then I came back. 16 months later <laughs> like it was just like super took a very long period of time off throughout my pregnancy and then I was like just quit worldwide and I was like oh like I can actually take the effort I was putting into this into my job and I can see let's see what happens and I became like really hungry for knowledge and like really just like trying really hard to be good at this job and it was noticed <laughs> so um I went from like just a bottom of the line production worker to the floor supervisor in nine months, which was like major. Cause like, I just had a baby and it was like, I, I was the mom that like got this cool opportunity. Then we ended up getting laid off. And then in the process of getting laid off, I actually reached out to my old um, floor supervisor and I was like, you got anything going for me here? You got anything like I can, I'll go work wherever. And he was like, let's see, like, what comes up in the next few months. And then he got me a job as an account manager. So basically now my job is to, like, go from uh, one licensed producer to our internal company and get them to manufacture product for us under our brand. So it's it's a lot bigger of a job. I like it a lot. Um, the one thing about career changes, I will say this is kind of a hot take, but I think there is benefit in lateral moves. Um, yeah, totally. Companies. That's what I did. Like if I went from manufacturing supervisor to manufacturing supervisor, it wouldn't have been like a good career move in my opinion. Um, I don't know if I'll stay in cannabis forever, but it definitely like the effort I was putting into worldwide to be able to put it into my actual job, like seeing the fruits of that labor was like, major and also changing my mindset on being a working mother was like a big deal because they like really frowned upon that they were like let's get you to stay home as much as possible do not put your kid in daycare don't do any of that and I was like I went crazy <laughs> like being a stay-at-home parent for the year that I was and I was like 
this isn't what I want to do. I want to go out and work. And I think there's benefit to my son seeing a working mother too. Totally. So yeah, it's, it's been a lot. I like, I like working. Um, I'm off right now. So I'm just hungry for it. (laughs) No, I feel you on that. I'm a stay at home mom right now. Like my actual job is to take care of my son. And it's like, some days I do go crazy. Y'all are my community. Y'all are my sanity. I love this podcast. I love the community that we have built. I tell this to everybody. Like I love social interaction, like being an extrovert and being at home is like, not a good mix, but you're right. I think that too, they, they really do. Oh my God, the whole parenthood thing. They, they fear monger, right? That childcare is the worst thing for your child. And honestly, I did have some nightmare stories with childcare. We don't have to get into that, but yeah. let me just say that there are some fantastic childcare. My son yeah. the last place he went to amazing. Like I loved this woman. She was fantastic. My little brother and little sister, they went to the same daycare provider, both of them. And, um, fantastic they still have a relationship with this person mm-hmm. and it sounds like your son is also in a really good spot and they yeah. heavily heavily shame moms for working and, it, and it, like, it's good for socializing like because yes. like, I had my baby right before the pandemic happened like a few yeah. months before everything shut down so it was like I was a new mom to this few month old child I couldn't call my parents for help like I was I was on my own I couldn't like I was with him every day I couldn't ask for any help so as soon as they were like here's childcare," I was like please like <laughs> I was like just okay. I, I need I need some time um and it it's not easy by any means to like be away from him every day but yeah. he, he talked earlier than most kids he walked earlier like just because he was around that association and they always said I don't know if your upline said this to you but they were like kids don't learn to socialize through other children they should learn through adults do they yep. say that to you yeah oh totally I I do not agree with like I know some stay-at-home parents that I've seen do really bad jobs at like getting their children to talk to walk to you know like Uh, handle their emotions like a lot of these kids are just being put in front of screens all the time which is what I have to do when I'm uh, working in my son's home like if you have them in childcare, there is benefit to it for Mm -hmm. sure totally yes yes Nandi the uh the upline that we share the wife in that situation with the bald guy she was the biggest fear monger that I experienced when it came to um my upline and the way that they were talking she was the one who was like yeah uh the child care they like they have on the form do you want us to tell you if your child walks for the first time or do you want to pretend that you saw it for the first time i've i've been to a number of child cares let me tell you i've never fucking seen that on an application like if anything the child care providers are like if they catch something they will record it and they'll send it to you it's not like you're never going to see your child walk again like it's not like they're just going to walk once and like they're not going to do it like the way that she specifically fear mongered uh, with child care was just it's shitty i mean she was in my upline um my, the biggest pin level who had a child, uh, the club owner and his wife hadn't had their baby yet. And seeing the way that they talked about kids, like leaving the business in and having children, the mindset is so different. And I think hope you bring up some fantastic points. I mean, if people want to be stay at home parents, or if you guys are like me and you have to, it's, it's whatever it is that makes you happy. But I think that there's definitely like a lot of benefits to 
whatever your choice is, as long as it's not inspired by fucking Amway up. <laughs> Sorry, one like kind of thing I should mention about the, just the difference of our countries as well is like oh, yeah, the, yeah. Gover the government provides like seven hundred dollars worth of income for us to have childcare. So it's wow. only one hundred and fifty dollars a month for us to put him in childcare. <laughs> It makes more sense to have him in childcare than to have him home and feed him. Yeah. Like, it's totally. <laughs> so, Thanks. it's, uh, yeah. So, that's also something that's a little bit different. Just in, in Alberta, specifically, like the province I'm in, um, they do like a huge grant. So, they do like maximum $10 a day for childcare. Wow. So, Perfect. yeah, that's a big difference. Sorry, I should mention yeah, that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, that's good. What's up, Nandi? Uh, just since we're on the subject of, kids um can we talk about the pressure to have kids that yes family put on people please uh, do i mean it, it was always there but um me personally i felt like my i mean he said it like he would not stay with me if i didn't have kids with him so i never felt unconditional love like oh this is my person and like we're together and whether or not you can have kids or um you don't um we ended up it just doesn't happen like basically if i didn't provide them for him he was gonna go look elsewhere um and i was gonna be dropped so i felt pressure to do that and when we first started dating i something clicked on because i really was i was never into the thought of having kids i was like very indifferent um and if i had to make a decision like right then like have kids now or never have kids i would have chosen never um but then i met him and like something like clicked on i was like oh my god i want to have kids with this guy he's so amazing i want to be the future wife and mother to his empire whatever um and then as our relationship progressed and became more and more toxic and was i felt neglected and um you know i was I later realized that I was going through narcissistic abuse. Um, I lost that desire to have them with him. And then I had to like, basically like trick myself into wanting to have kids with him again and like really like convince myself and like try to work through a lot of things to want to have kids with him. And then, um, you know, just for it all to go blow up, like blowing up in my face um, last year. But um the pressure for this like picture perfect household where the wife is staying at home and um, the, the husband's out building the business every night. And um, you know, it's this like awkward utopia that worldwide tries to present. Um, yeah, it definitely impacted me. And now that I've been out, I finally came to the realization that I do not want kids. Like, I don't want them. I don't plan to have them. And I feel so free in being able to say that and, like, embrace that and accept it. Like, I don't feel the pressure to, like, have kids next year before my uterus starts to do things. And, um, <laughs> like, like labor has always terrified me. Like, I power to you both because I don't know how it, it scares me. <laughs> Labor it's, and pregnancy. It's worse than you could ever imagine. Like, oh, yeah. It's gross. I need to hear. Like, <laughs> it's pregnancy was so gross to me. Like, I was not about it. I didn't want kids, to be honest. And um, I was also manipulated into having them. So, if you don't want them, don't. Like, uh, more power to anybody who doesn't want children. And I think that this idea of the nuclear family is stupid and mm -hmm. it's very toxic. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as like, 
getting this idea of like leaving the business, what was it like that, like what resources were available to you that really either affirmed your decision to leave after you left or helped you make the decision to leave? Anybody? Yeah. She quit first before I did, so. Yeah, I think the way that they handled everything when we first were caught to date, you know, um, I felt like I was part of this ethical court, like that very culty church would put together, you know, it was just me and all of my uplines. And then one of my uplines was lying about me because she knew about a lot of shady things. And they asked me, like, how do you know about this? And I'm like, well, she told me. And then she's like, I never said that. Right in front of me, light in front of me, about me. Yeah, hate her. Uh, so um, then they encouraged me to take a break and I just quit. But overall, like just watching the anti-MLM videos, just putting the dots together, understanding the bike model and just starting to critically think for the first time in four years because I was in for four years. And just, just taking a break what is it called breath of fresh air yeah that's the expression yeah just step back yeah. just taking a step back and starting to think clearly and just starting watching the videos that's what helped a lot so did i answer your question you sure did it's not videos just to for the sake of watching every video and believing every video but a lot of those videos made sense mm-hmm. a lot of the audios made sense like this podcast and podcasts like this and youtube videos and if you can explain what the bite they, model is. Oh, she talks about it all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can Just go over that case. real quick. No, so the... The bite model for anybody who's, I think it's a good thing. We can kind of brush over it real quick because uh, if anybody's listening and you guys have not already heard of the bite model, uh, freedomofmind.com, Stephen Hassan, he was in a cult, I believe in like the seventies or eighties. Don't quote me on which one. Um, But essentially there's bite model. B-I-T-E stands for different tactics that they use to manipulate you um, in cults. And so it's behavior control information control, thought control, and emotional control. And if you go to freedomofmind.com and you take a look at the bite model, I'm telling you, you will find a number of the tactics that are being used. I mean, you think of cults like like Nexium, for example. Keith Raniere got some of his fucking ideas from Amway. All these different lines of affiliation, that's fucking scary. Or like Jonestown or the people's temple people if maybe that's the same one i don't know but either way all of the number of cults that are out there or the the twin flames that's a fucking new one that i just heard of fucking wild oh my god if you haven't watched the documentary go watch that holy shit but yes bite model sorry go ahead <laughs> no i wanted for anybody who's listening maybe they're this is the first episode they're listening to i wanted to make sure they know what the bite model is and that's exactly uh when she presented that idea to me or that to me uh that model to me I, I said no whatever forget it well another thing that really kind of clicked too when i started doing research about everything i realized that cred- oh, that one of the crowns has declared bankruptcy at one point mm-hmm. and yeah I was like, wait what else his did brother they lie about you know that started to click huh what else did he li-? and the fact that he had to pay all mine to watch a function i was like why why did he have to pay you know, I thought we were paying for the facility. That makes no sense, mm-hmm. you know? So things started clicking a little bit more. I'm like, there's no way. And then at one point, I was like, Ariel, if if it comes to the point, if it's me or the family or the 
good business, business like you got to figure this out because I'm not sticking out with this. I'm I, not doing it at all. But I said, hey, you know, I can do things different. Yeah. I will do things different. I know I can. And you know what? I know what everybody else has done or is doing. I'm going to build a team that's different. However, yeah. You know, it's borderline impossible. No, you know, no. you can't. Yeah. They're going to. Yeah. You can't do it. Yeah. Um, so obviously I was in for a year before I left, but it's just the way that my uplines show their m emotional maturity, their intellect, their a lot of things, right? That it showed the light shown very bright in my face. I'm like, all right, they didn't show up to the things that were really important to me, but they expect me to show up to functions and meetings every week and we're in a pandemic i don't know if the world is gonna end next week or this year but uh you, you're not having my back and it, it shows so that's kind of my our story hope nandi well <laughs> that's kind of weird because like the only thing that got me like again out of this mindset was the book love and respect like I was like something is wrong with the way these people think and I was like which is good because it was like I went from like believing every single thing all of my leaders said to going okay wait no something feels wrong like this is affecting my marriage like something isn't right which is where I started investigating this book. And then I discovered a podcast called, uh, at the time it was called To Love, Honor, and Vacuum. Um, now it's called Bear Marriage uh, by Sheila Ray Gregoire. She's phenomenal. She goes and critiques a bunch of different Christian authors. She's also very evangelical. So if you're not just uh, chew up the meat, spit out the bones, she's got some great content on there. She challenges a lot of these people. Um, and yeah, she went on to talk about specifically the sex chapter in Love and Respect. Um, and then that she went to focus on the family. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're a really big Christian organization and said, hey, you should probably take this book off your book list. And focus on the family said, no, we're not going to do that. So she decided I'm going to retaliate and create uh, a book based off of a survey of 20,000 women who have read books like this and see if it negatively impacted their marriage. And spoiler alert, definitely did. <laughs> um, so yeah, I read all of her content and I was like, went to my upline and I was like, hey, I think something's wrong with this book and like what you guys are teaching. Don't think it's okay. And at the same time went there and said, I have postpartum depression. And I was like, something's wrong here. And both of those things got dismissed <laughs> very fast as um not real situations and that was the last time i ever talked to my upline was telling her i was depressed and i didn't believe in love and respect anymore so wow yeah wow can you say that podcast one more time yeah so that way anybody has, didn't hear it yeah, bear bear marriage. Marriage. okay yeah she's gregoire she's great it's on facebook she interacts with her comments and stuff like very very smart woman does a lot of like it's very evidence-based research which is 
it's just not it's not like emotional information it's not like i feel this way about this like it was it's very like highly educational and i i really loved her stuff so yeah awesome cool cool what about you nandi um leaving was not my decision um it was after my upline blew up my marriage um with terrible, terrible advice. Now I see that they were never on my side, never had my back and I was disposable. Um, but yeah, they blew up my marriage um, almost a year ago and I have not heard from any of them, Larry up, um, not so much as a hello, how are you? Hope you're okay. Like, and I went through some of the worst pain, like physical health impacting um, trauma because of the end of that relationship and how it all went down and no one texted me to say hi, check on me, see if I even still wanted to do the business. It was just silence. Um, so essentially I was shunned. Um, and during that time, I don't know why my dog wants to wrestle with my arm right now. Can you please stop? Um, I found your podcast through the Facebook group. Um, I started uh, listening to more podcasts. I, I listened to Life After MLM. Um, I started reading and, and learning about narcissism. I followed YouTube channels and Instagram pages that were ran by like certified narcissistic abuse coaches. Um, finding the community and the the stories and the comments and the words of encouragement from so many people that you that you'd never meet otherwise, just in the comments of social media and stuff, um, giving you words of affirmation and validating your pain and your story, that really helped. Um, yeah, just to realize that what I was in was a cult and a dangerous, disgusting one. Um, and yeah. Those with uh, those are the resources that really helped me and um, also motivated me to get like really vested into this community and, and try to help the, the next set of people that want to leave and um, get away from toxic relationships, whether it's a cult or whether it's your partner or your mom, <laughs> like I want to help. So, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Okay. Thanks for mentioning the mom part because totally. <laughs> um, that's like a huge thing here too. Is like narcissism isn't just your upline. It's not just your partner. It can be within your family too, um, which I think a lot of people have a hard time viewing. So if you're out there and you have a narcissistic family member, just know that they hate cycle breakers just the same way that your toxic partner does, the same way that your toxic upline does. Like nobody likes a cycle breaker. Nobody likes a whistleblower. Um, so if anybody has a negative mindset towards that, fuck you as far as I'm concerned. Um, but one more question that I have about the business, and this is one of my favorite questions that I love to ask is, did you guys know while you were in the business, was it transparent to you that your upline platinums and above were getting paid on these business tools? No. Uh, I heard like something vague throughout the years, but I kind of brushed over it and went over my head, maybe because I didn't get paid, but I, I pushed the CDs and books more than anybody. And I bought the CDs and books more than anybody, even though I had bare bones in my bank account. I'm like, these bare bones are going to my business. They're going to buy some CDs and audios. Heck yeah, I'm a winner. Look at my stack of CDs. Uh, yeah, so uh, I pushed it more than anybody, man. 
I consumed more than anybody. I was an ambot, just kind of referring to the beginning of this podcast, ambot through and through. I woke up to audios. I slept to audios. Yeah. I went to work to audios. I while I was working, I was listening to audios. Um, man, I I I I had I was a audio machine. Ariel and I would fall asleep to like the process audios by uh, Dana and Ooh. you know those Dan and whatever. Well, Don and Mary. Yeah. yeah, would fall asleep listening to them as we we're dating. Even beforehand, like even before we were dating, and but yeah. so anyways, um, no, I didn't know. Uh, and I pushed it harder than my upline probably did, or as hard because, you know, he got paid, they got paid, I didn't get paid, but I thought it was the right thing to do. Um, right. So I didn't know until really I quit. And then I started, and then I found out that I got paid. And I'm like, dude, son of a bitch. That's <laughs> awesome. Good for them. <laughs> they profited. I I would convince. I was I was such a good convincer. I'm like, hey, dude. I know you're unemployed. You got thirty dollars. Man, this book is gonna help you. I promise you. This book changed my life. Oh my goodness. Get this book. This audio too. And then I would buy CDs to give away as well. Hey, take take these audios. They throughout the plan when we're showing the plan. My, oh my gosh, my dumbass! I beforehand, uh, before the process, I remember showing a plan to my downline's friend, like one of his best friends, and he was gung ho. I'm like, dude, that's awesome! You're gung ho? That's amazing. 180 bucks? You don't have it yet? No problem. Hey, let's set up another meeting. Here's dirty audios. I gave him dirty freaking like CDs. CDs. That's three hundred dollars worth. I of never CDs. got them back. I'm an idiot. I was an idiot. But anyways, that's just type of stuff that I did uh, because I was so gung-ho and I didn't know the truth. So I wish I right. did. What about you? No, I didn't know at all. I don't think I need to add to this. This is uh, it's very, yeah. Crazy. No. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I found out through a comment in the Facebook group that someone like someone in Zay and Melody's group accused the basically exposed it. And I was like, I was still in it. So I didn't believe it right away, brought it to my upline and they're like, Oh yeah. I mean, we get paid, but it's just to reimburse us for our flights when we speak. And um, you know, we get a very small, like, like coins to a dollar for each uh, membership on um, the premier membership. And I was like, it's just, they're like, it was such a small amount that it doesn't even come anywhere close to what they make from Amway. And I was like, Oh, okay. And like, just put it out of my head. And then like after leaving and finding out so much more information through research and um, hearing other stories and credible sources, um, do not start throwing up. Um finding out just the sheer weight of how much they earn from the membership and from speaking the tools business. Um, it's insulting because then you're realizing looking back, like you're basically funding their lifestyle. Like I literally paid yeah. for a big crown guy and his wife to yeah. buy that mansion in Vegas and to buy the, the bedazzled golf cart. And I paid for the diamonds to go drive up and down the coast of Italy two years ago. It's like, 
Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I didn't know either. At first it was alleged because Hope and I got some screenshots that it was like, yeah, this might happen until, again, the same Facebook uh, or sorry, the same Instagram uh, page, uh, WWDB underscore scam. Uh, she sent me as well the the dis- the like disclaimer um, from Worldwide that says that Platinums and above are getting commission, and then the screenshots kind of indicated like how much they were getting paid Canadian, and then um, it was also talking about how much they got paid as speakers. And I have recently spoken to somebody who was at that level and did talk about the the getting paid as well, and it's insane to me to like hear it from straight from somebody who was that person and that to me was just so crazy and i i it just makes me wonder like do my upline know do they know because they're not they're nowhere near platinums and they've been in for and even these people who have been in for decades or not i guess a decade and a half like they didn't know you could be in for 15 years not be a platinum and have no idea that your upline's getting paid Like, that's the level of secrecy that they have. That's, like, the fact that they're not telling you. It makes you wonder, like, what else are they not telling you? It's it's insane to me. But, yeah, these resources are are incredible. Life After MLM podcast. Um, The anti-MLM kid on TikTok, she is... Oh, my kitty. I love these pets that we're seeing, by the way. Um, But, yeah, so... (laughs) Oh, my God. Look at she's so cute. Is it he or she? Oh my gosh, is it she? she? Oh. <laughs> Look at her eyes. Please continue. Oh, She's joining no. the group. She's the group. We have the... No, it's okay. <laughs> um, but actually, that's really interesting to see. The pets here is, is something that um, I learned that was not similar in the other organizations, but worldwide was very, very anti. A lot yeah. of it's mental health in general, right? Like hobbies um, and having pets. Uh, in fact, we were just talking recently about like, Nandi, you had just got your dog, Coco, um, and we just got our dog, Shadow for the first time after being in the business. And then we had a girl, Andrea, who shared her story that her upline told them to rehome their puppy. Like they were so controlling of our entire lives. And so now that we're all out of the business, um, if we could just go around, what are some hobbies um, or maybe some skills that you guys have that could be inspiring to others or things that you enjoy doing that you weren't allowed to do while you were in Amway? I, I like to play video games. That's it. Like I can play video games now without being guilty all the time. Yeah, that's super freeing. Having my cat. I love my cat. She's sometimes she sucks, but she's she's really nice most of the time. But I can watch things on TV that I wanted to watch. Yeah. I didn't watch TV for seven years, and before <laughs> then, I was a TV I was a TV avid TV watcher. Uh, but now I can watch TV. I bought a the biggest TV I can find. I'm like, after I quit, I'm like, I'm getting a TV for every room. I don't care. <laughs> you know what? I like watching whatever series. So uh, that's one thing. He's a big anime guy, too. So I like he anime. loves anime. I am video games, Hope. Yeah. I'm into yeah. video games now. I never was until now. I'm like, you know what? This is cool. This is fun. You have time. It's very hard to overcome. I think, Danny, you spoke about it um, in the past podcasts. Um, I, I saw him as such a loser when Ariel started yeah. playing video games. I was like, what a loser. I can't believe you're 28 years old playing. Like, I was so grossed out by him. And then eventually I was like, it's not a big deal. Like, he's a good man. If that's the only thing he does, that kind of makes me like, eh. 
not a fan or whatever. I don't really yes. care. But if that's the worst thing he does, I, I'm fine with it. Like, yeah. play your games. I don't care. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We used to have a totally video games and my ex and myself included. We would tear, like, rip him a new one for, um, for being like, just, you know, the scum of the earth for daring to play video games like that. Yeah. Oh, alcohol too. They were like okay. pretty like frowned upon alcohol. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm yeah, you can't drink. drink. I'm not able to drink right now, but like, I'm happy when I can drink when, again when soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What's really interesting is, oh my God, Ksenia, you're so right. Um, I was very similar. My significant other actually sounds just like you, Ariel. <laughs> he is really big into anime, really big into video games. And these are two things that I was like, I, I was always like, I'm never going to be with somebody who likes anime. I don't know why I have that mindset, probably because I've just never been interested in it. But I think worldwide heavily, heavily impacted the way I thought about video games. And now I like, it really took him sitting down with me and was like, what is the difference between me playing video games and you watching three hours of The Office? Yeah. Tell me what's the difference. I was like, damn, you right. Like now it's not even like now it's like, OK, he, that's his cool down time. He works 16 hour days sometimes. If he wants to play two hours <laughs> of video games, please like have at it. You know, like you said, that's the worst thing that we're having a conversation about. Yeah. That's it's not as bad. Um, but it is like it's a mental health thing. It's checking out from the world for a little while. It's like, okay, I've had a rough fucking week. Maybe my kids were having meltdowns today and I just need a fucking break. Like if that's it, like that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, it did, it did take some time to stop viewing video games as a loser thing. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Nandi? What are some things that you can do now that maybe you couldn't do it in uh, worldwide? Sleep. Um, actually spend a weekend sleeping in bed or just like not if I don't want to leave the house and I actually just want to be in my apartment that I enjoy being in now like I can um spending my money how I want to spend it um that means if I want to book a trip I don't have to ask someone else for permission or check in with five people like I can just go because I'm a grown-ass woman and I can book a flight if I want to um and it feels like these are little things and these seem like really normal things that most people should just do or or may take for granted but it's like i have such a strong appreciation just to be able to do these little things and the freedom to have them again after not for four ish years um yeah going out like to nightlife and parties and stuff like spending time with people and not like eyeing them for like how they can benefit me like making friends that's that's been fun um going into target and enjoying being in target and not looking for someone to chat up yeah can i also add having genuine friendships outside of your mentorship circle that you're supposed (laughs) to be friends with and only hang out with them or you're down like no i we have genuine friends now that we love and adore they're mm-hmm. great people and there's no motive i i've lost so many friends trying to convince them that hey mentorship yeah come on mentorship, <laughs> yeah. let's do it i lost so many friends because got weirded they got weirded out and yeah. they were great friends um, but it is what it is. But now we have genuine friendships. That's one mm-hmm. thing that I love. I don't have to make a friend, the great person, and then I then I have to convince them to join my thing or the yeah. my shit. Right. So it's great. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Totally. That's what I love about even just this community is that everybody here is so genuine. I tell everybody like your biggest supporters are going to be people who were in this business and left because we know what it's like to have such superficial relationships. And I think that was one of the hardest parts about being is in these organizations, especially for us and worldwide, like not being able to cross line and talk to somebody and, and hope. I think we talked about this the last time when we were talking about pregnancy is like somebody that you were talking to could have experienced some of the worst things that day. They could have had a miscarriage. They could have like had a family member pass away. They could have like just gotten into a fight with their abusive partner or, or their parents or whatever. And we would never know. We would have to stand there and be like, yeah, totally. It's a good day. Yeah. Excited to be here, you know, and you have to fucking bake it. And, and yet nobody's okay. Nobody's okay yeah. because our conversations are linear. They go up. That's it. Like, they don't even go down. I had no idea that my upline was being abused by her husband. I didn't know until she fucking left. That's devastating for me. That hurts because I was a survivor myself. Like, I should have been able to help more than I did. And thankfully, I was able to help her towards the end. Shout out because we both, like, gave each other's uh, exes the divorce papers, which <laughs> I think is awesome. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it, being able to have genuine relationships. I think that is a fantastic point. Um, but also being able to sleep, you're right. I think that one of the hardest things for me right now too, is like being able to accept that I can't go, go, go every single day. Like sometimes this podcast, I have to like not have that mindset with worldwide where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have to post constantly. And it's like, no, I can't like our we have things that happen every single week, day to day, they're different. And some days I can't do it. And I still feel guilty. And that's something that worldwide took away from me. But I want to go in really quick. What are some positive things that you guys can say that you took away from being a part of an organization like worldwide or BWW? I mean, uh, I, I, I still truly believe that who you are is, is the top three people that you hang around with is where you're going to be. I believe that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to hang out with the, three bozos because I don't want to be a bozo, right? I truly believe that. I learned a lot of great success principles, maybe indirectly or directly from some of the audios or the books or the people who just regurgitated the audios or the books, right? Uh, so I, I, I did learn a lot. Um, I, 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 did, I do feel like I changed for the better just because I did the work myself to change for the better. Not because somebody mentored me. I do believe have, having a great mentor in your life is important, mm -hmm. but it should be the a person that you choose and for the field or the industry that you want to be in or where you want to go, you know, where you actually want to be in 10 years. I do feel like mentorship is important. Um, unfortunately, with MMBWW, anybody could be your mentor, right? They could do just be uh, an asshole and they're automatically assigned your mentor because yes. they're in their, in their line of affiliation. So yeah. the ability for me to choose my own mentor is important. And I, I did learn a lot of success principles and, you know, the core fundamentals of succeeding and working hard work ethic. You, you do learn all of that, but, um, Unfortunately, it was with the wrong vehicle, right? So, yeah. what about you? I don't know. Honestly, I hate to say this. She said this. nothing. She, she didn't learn anything. She said, yeah. 
I didn't learn a thing. I mean, I hate to be like, oh, yeah, I knew it all. I didn't know it all. No, not at all. But the only positive sure. thing out of this was meeting Ariel because we would never be together. A, we were in different circles, different ways of living, etc. But that's the only thing. Honestly, it set me back financially, emotionally. It put me in a very deep depression. I'm not saying like gaining weight is a bad thing, but I've gained a lot of weight from depression, like just gaining from depression itself. Like I changed who I was. Like just like I'm thinking back sometimes, like I forget, like I have a very good job. I'm a C I'm in a senior position and the amount I'm making, but the amount that goes back into debt that I have, it just grosses me up. It's just like I'm like, wow, yeah. like why am I here? You know? I'm sorry. I, I wish I could tell you, but I have nothing outside of Ariel. I have nothing. I would have been okay. by now. I would have had different career. Like I would have probably lived in a house. We live in an apartment, which I love. We have a sweet place, but totally. No, yeah. It took me back probably a decade. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, no, it's okay. It's so discouraging. And yeah. even thinking about it now, I'm like, damn, but you no, know, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I'm going to be okay. We're have a great marriage. It's life. And hopefully it's going to, the story that we're sharing is going to help other people. And, you know, I can't tell yeah. you, I'm just getting depressed talking about it. <laughs> no, please okay. don't apologize. Cause I feel yeah. the same thing. Um, yeah. A lot of times, like one thing I've heard was somebody got into skincare purely because they have my products, but they found something else and you found your husband. If that's the one positive thing that you can say is totally fine because I don't have anything fucking to say positive about. I think if anything, I learned how to uh, maybe like find out if somebody's a manipulative person that's positive. I learned not to ever fucking be a part of an MLM or another fucking culty group like that again. I also learned that I don't know how I feel about God, which is mine and his beef. We'll figure it out one day. But like being able to think for myself because of them. Yeah. So if it's nothing positive because of them, like something you learn from them, that's totally fine. Like you're cool to say whatever it is. Nadia? Yeah. Um, I was like also kind of hesitant, like Asenia, um, to say, to give them credit for anything good in my life because it, it came with so much trauma. And like, I know that I had talked about the, like them being the cause of the end of my marriage, um, which they are, but they also like, I was really, my, my ex was an ambot from the beginning before I met him. So that if I had known, I would have realized that that was never going to be just us two and it was never going to be healthy. So um, I'm thankful to not be doomed to a life of 60 years with someone who made me feel neglected and unseen and small and um, alone and isolated and who like be, you know, in this group of people where I lost my soul and my center. Um, you know, I've lost four years, but I'm the positive is that I have the rest of my life to be myself and not be sucked away and withering away in that marriage. Um, the few things that I did learn, I guess, or, um, come away with is my increased confidence. Like I can go up to anyone and talk to them. I, cause you have to go out and put yourself in the most uncomfortable positions out in public prospecting. Um, so I can go up and talk to anybody for like networking or just introducing myself or making friends. Um, I really don't see anyone as like higher than me or like CEO of a fortune 500 company. I'll still walk up and be like, Hey, how's it going? And like chit chat with them. 
Um, but I also, um, the thing that I'm proud of is like, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about me now. Like maybe that's me stepping into my thirties, which I did last month, or it's a combination of that and, you know, getting older, but I really don't care because like I had to straight up humiliate myself to go out and like pitch this cult scam thing to people when they saw right through it. And I'm trying to pretend like I have the best thing on the planet to, to give to them, to bless them with. And I'm just like embarrassing myself. Um, you know, just, living cringe day after day um you really have to like develop tough skin and a strong belief about yourself to continue to do that and i did it for years so like now i really do not care what people think about me and i think that's such a a great superpower to have <laughs> like i hope i wish that for everyone to just be so confident in themselves that they are not troubled by what they think other people are thinking about them yeah yeah absolutely that's great yeah, I don't know. Probably, like, my ability to question people now, like, and not follow anything blindly, which is, like, it's ideology, like, being able to identify what is an ideological way of thinking. Yeah. It's definitely positive, technically a negative, because they taught me the to hate that. But, yeah, I think, yeah. And also, yeah, not giving a fuck what people think. Like, that's one of the best feelings ever. And, like, being able to stand on like certain principles that I have that worldwide um, more or less didn't agree with things that I just am very have very strong views on and I wouldn't change my mind about them. Um, I feel less guilty about those like principles and like things that I really like to stand on. Um and not necessarily, like, I don't want to say, like, hustling, but, like, working hard. Like, they did teach me how to work hard. Coming from, like, a girl who was, like, whose dad bought her two cars and, like, you know, I just, I was a privileged little rich girl. And then I went into this, like, organization that basically taught me you need to work hard to succeed in life. And then taking that and getting to the career that I'm in today. So that's probably my number one actually is the ability to work even when it sucks so love that absolutely i love it and i i think that like i said i didn't take a fucking damn positive thing away from them i i had i used to until somebody nandi i think it was you where i said you know i was not a good person before the business i was raised by a very narcissistic homophobic racist person i ended up with a partner who was very much the same and that's how i was until this organization where they said you can talk to everybody and like I truly believe that like I changed for the, I changed for the better, but I don't want to credit them, which Nadi, you definitely told me like, you don't have to credit them. That was me. I put in the work and I got unbrainwashed from like one, uh, you know, two entities in my life who I've obviously now I'm not a part of, um, to get brainwashed by another one, but either way, right. Like I don't have to give that power to them. They can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. Like I definitely have like that strong, like I said, here to raise hell kind of thing against them. But I'm, I'm so grateful for all of you guys for coming on and being so transparent and your willingness to have a conversation. And I'm so 
grateful again. I can't say this enough for this community that we have cultivated together and for everybody who has continued to support me on my podcast journey. But realistically, it's like all of us. I, I don't like to say me solely. I like to really give credit because I have so many different guests who come on, share their stories. And I really hope that and I, I do know that this is helping people. I have people come and tell me that they heard Hope and Fisher's story and were like really related to the marriage aspect or Ariel and Ksenia who they got married after the fact and like they felt so controlled and they, they also loved your eyes Panera Bread story. <laughs> That's like the one thing I hear. Or Nandi, you like a lot of people talk about the fact that you just sound so like the the emotion in your voice when you talk about your story, but also the strength that you talk about that you've developed after the fact like every single person who has been on here has made an impact and if you guys don't feel it or see it please understand that there are people behind the scenes who are saying things um just like you guys are accrediting other people like the guy who i had on most recently tj um one other thing too that i want to heavily heavily emphasize here hope you really sparked this was um standing on principles that are not what worldwide stands for. That is, we don't, we don't do that here. I do not endorse, condone, or support any sort of ideology that is similar to worldwide. Any emphasis on like right-wing agenda or political or heavily religious, like I do not support that. And I know that when we're talking about the anti-MLM community, especially when it comes to Amway, there are creators out there who do have that mindset trump supporters all that kind of stuff i just have to emphasize that's not what we do here <laughs> so if you don't see me endorsing certain people that is why and so i have to say that very very clearly here that every single person regardless of who you are you're welcome here that's the kind of culture that we want to have here so sorry <laughs> my little rant here um but if you guys want to be like ariel ksenia nandi hope or any of the various other people that i have had on here if you want to share your story please 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 email me at d-a-n-i at x's and t dot or x's and t uh you guys are so welcome to dming me on instagram if that is still the best avenue for you uh x's and t dot podcast you guys can find me on tiktok at the same handle you guys can catch this podcast on youtube as well as everywhere else where podcasts are heard thank you guys again so much for your time and we will catch you guys in the next episode <laughs>